This is an SM Media production. Folks and welcome to the latest episode of Chronicle of the Rangers Journey right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike. It's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. We are now at the lower league stage. What happens in 2012 when Rangers are demoted to the bottom tier of Scottish football and asked to start again? To join me to look back on the on-field fact situation here, we've, we've decided we're going to split this into two shows because there's way too much on and off-field stuff to cover in one full show, so we're going to split it into two parts. We're going to cover the on-field stuff on this episode, and to join me with that, from the Every Other Saturday podcast, it is a pleasure to be joined by Jack Hamilton. Jack, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Aye, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, cheers for getting me involved with, with the podcast. Looking forward to, obviously, the, the series ahead. It's an absolute pleasure. We're, we've, we said last week when we'd done, we done the the administration show, but we thought of that as the first point where there was very little positives. It was all negative. This just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's a weird time. It's one, te- you look back, it's 10 years from this and you think how far Rangers have came since then. Obviously we're recording this right in the middle of Rangers being in a Champions League campaign and you think 10 years ago Rangers were struggling to beat Stirling Albion with... Mm-hmm the manager of Stirling Albion not actually at the game because he was at a wedding. That was true, by the way, that did happen. But like, before we get into the kind of looking at this in depth, you you do have to think it that way. Like this was so dark and so low Mm -hmm. to get back to the top was so, it it was going to take so much time and it was going to take a lot of patience. And by God, when you look back at this time, that was, it's, it's been a journey. No, nah, absolutely. As you look, as, as you say, when you just look at some of the points we're going to go over, just thinking back to, to those days, I was only maybe about 13, 12, 13 year old, but still, even as a fan growing up and watching Rangers with my dad, like, I remember a lot of these these moments. And it wasn't it wasn't a pleasure growing up with that as your Rangers team on the pitch. So, uh, yeah, some pretty, um, pretty dark days for everybody in the pitch, and then especially me growing up as well. That's the Rangers team I had to watch. So, <coughs> Getting them um, back to winning Scottish Cup last season, Europa League final, the league before that as well. Just getting a team that was competitive on the pitch again and, and fighting on all fronts. It's it's even sweeter for for Rangers fans. A lot of Rangers fans will maybe go on and say what a broken record in a way, but it is that big because this is what we were ten years ago. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. When you you look back to this summer, and we kind of closed it just to the we kind of finished the pod last week in the kind of five way agreement stage and. You thought then, up until then, you really thought, is there going to be a Rangers team to to follow? And it's it was so weird that summer. And we obviously, there was so much going on. It was every day. It was just non-stop. What's going to happen next? But 48 hours before the breaking game, Rangers got a licence from the, the SFA. It was a bit, mm-hmm. of a bit of a shambles, but it got done. And it was all about that Rams and Scott game against breaking. What was your kind of memories of that? That time um, it was just weird, wasn't it? It was just one of these those times where you look back and think, what on earth was going on then? Aye, as you say, just 
for, for the administration into obviously what was to come. It was just a story after story, never really knew what was coming next. And then obviously this breaking game came up in the horizon and it was sort of like, are you going to be able to even have a team together to, to put on a pitch? Um, and I, the, the license 48 hours before it, granted. And then I just remember the game being on BBC Alba, all, yeah, all stations. Right. I just remember it being on that and thinking like, Wow, this is this is what Rangers is that at the moment we're going to have to watch games on here and and I just uh, the ball on the hedge. I remember that was a pretty cliche moment as well for that game. Um, aye, but just I turmoil up until to a game against Breakin. Uh, who would have thought it? That game against Breakin, obviously Rangers won it. It was the it was a weird one as well. Like, weird will be a phrase we'll use a lot in this show, but. You look at the team that day and you think there's some players there that, I mean, Goyan plays, Bocanegra plays, uh, I think Edu played as well. There was, And there was this thing, we spoke about it last week with the, the players tooping over and what was going to happen, but there was this kind of weird mix. You thought, this isn't actually a million miles away from a decent, like a, a, mm. not, a, a Rangers team. Like it, was, it felt like a Rangers team, but it was just, the more you thought about it, you're like, yeah, but Naismith's gone, Davis is gone, McGregor's uh-huh. away, Lafferty's away. There was that thing as well. You were just, not only were you getting used to a new division, you were getting used to a whole new team. You were getting mm-hmm. used to this thing of your favourites and the best players in the t- all leaving. And it's hard enough, as, as you know, when one player leaves in the summer, you're like, how do we replace him? But uh-huh. about six or seven, and then you're unsure if these players are actually going to stay or it was just weird. It was just mm-hmm. bizarre. And let's get into the, the signings that come in that summer because that is a that's no end of fun talking about these. <laughs> we'll just go through them individually. Ian Black arrived from Hearts. Now, Jack, is it fair to say that Ian Black could have been Barry Ferguson 2.0 and I don't think he would have been anywhere near it. He would have reached any popularity with Rangers support. The problem was... It, it really hurt Yelovich that season yeah. before and it kind of just not being an overall nice player. Nah, that, that was literally it. I, for, for Rangers fans, definitely that Yelovich incident was a big, big Aye. no-no when we signed Dean Black. A lot of people were really against that signing. But then it was like to the point where who else, who else are you going to sign? He's obviously uh, a regular in the Prem. He could maybe do your job down the leagues, like it was kind of maybe that way you could look at it. But I really not a, not a nice person, maybe like a, a pound shop Joey Barton in a way. Yeah, uh, you could put it down to that. Aye. Yeah, that's probably a fair fair assessment. One one I did kind of at the time think right, okay, that's that's a decent signing. Dean Shields for Kilmarnock, obviously done well at Hibs, had scored in the the done really well. He done, he scored against Rangers in that infamous mm. game at Ibrox the day the game after the administration. That kind of made sense, and it obviously, in a normal circumstance, Dean Shields probably doesn't go to Rangers, but just, he's 27, he was, I know Ian Black was 27, but he's 27, decent decent SPL level mm-hmm. player, it kind of made sense as well, what was that? I kind of thought Dean Shields was actually one that was going to do alright, and I think, to be fair to him, he actually did do alright. Mm-hmm. Aye, I think he did pretty well, Dean Shields is staying into the Warburton era as well, so obviously yeah. he lasted longer than quite a lot of the, the players that were there. And I always, I think, was pretty well received by the Rangers supporter at that time, to be honest with you. Yeah. The next one, Francisco Sandaza, also 27, also from the SPL. He signed from St. Johnson. Now, obviously, we spoke about this last week during the summer. McCoy's to try to sign him. 
I think his agent had got wind of kind of things going on, but mm-hmm. obviously Rangers were now, they had a bit of spare cash, and Sandaza was, again, Sandaza at the time, you're like, right, okay, he'll do decent, he's still 27, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine, but as we see, as we'll talk about maybe later on, it goes <laughs> to pop pretty quickly. Aye, as you say as well, it was kind of one of the signings where he was always pretty decent in the SPL, to be honest with you. I don't know if he would ever have really played for Rangers out with, obviously, this situation, but um, aye, always a decent enough SPL striker. And I just I really don't know what happened when he came to Rangers. He just kind of just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Right, the next one, there's a... Where do you start with this? Kevin Kyle, 31 from Hearts. Kevin Kyle, again, SPL level striker, had done well at Hearts and Kelly, Kevin Kyle infamously goes into meet with Alan McCoyst and said and is going in thinking he's going to get a thousand pound a week. After that, he's actually willing to pay for play for nothing. Mm-hmm. And McCoyst offers him seven thousand pounds a week. Yeah, just the kind kind of the shambles that we were offering players like Kevin Kyle at that time, like coming into Rangers and still getting a decent decent wage in terms of where we were in the league and. A guy that just never really looked fit either. I've no. maybe only played a handful of games. I can't remember him really. Uh, scored a couple of goals, but aye, uh, disaster. And it's nice to see that he's fallen off a cliff in terms of his media career. But <laughs> again, just a weird signing. But the next one, the next one on paper, you're thinking, even even in SPL, you're thinking, that's a great signing. Former Napoli, Lazio, and... Uh, Udinese as well, I played for. Mm-hmm. Emilson Krabari, 32. Now, I think there was chat before this that Rangers were looking at him. And again, on paper, you're thinking, yeah, this, this looks okay for the SPL, for the third division. No. And very quickly, he just became a, a disaster. <laughs> I have no idea how he how he played with some of the clubs you just mentioned. There, yeah, some of the best I mean, clubs in Italy uh, for for many games, I think as well. We Lazio, I, mean, I think especially. So he played a hundred and nine times for Lazio and won. He won a he won a Super Cup. We I think that's probably. Aye. Aye. I mean, it's. I mean, I would take it if it was mm-hmm. my career, certainly. But I just a weird signing. Just ah, uh, really weird and. Uh, one that maybe at that time came with quite a lot of promise for where he had been and. Aye, just strange. A, yeah, and this leads on to what we'll talk about later on. Ali's love of experience. Now, I've said repeatedly, and we'll I'll say at the end of this show. We that Rangers team with eleven youngsters, with seven or eight youngsters, were like mm-hmm. some McCulloch and Wallace who had stayed, would have won that league easily. And you could about team about a team going forward that I don't think this needs to happen. What we're going to talk mm-hmm. about here: two signings, a double bill. Sebastian Four, 21 from Leon. Again, from Leon, a youngster. Makes a bit of sense. You can maybe build him up. And from AK Athens, 24-year-old Anestis Argirio. I mean, they obviously didn't fit the bill, but you're just wondering, what on earth was going on here? How did these two come <laughs> up in the radar? And what were they, what wages were they on as well? You're just like, I know. Really, really strange again. Just... Uh, AK Athens, a free transfer it was for uh, both of them, I think. And yeah, uh, th- th- as you say, they said 41 kind of made sense. Leon coming for eventually, Leon, aye. big club, maybe bringing in a youngster. But aye, Ar- Argirio, I quickly shown why. I yeah, just don't know who was... even looked at him. 
No. The next one, the final well with Francesco Sella, but he, I think he made zero appearances. He didn't really do anything, but Rangers were obviously deadline day. Rangers were linked with a double signing from Hearts. I remember this vividly, actually. David Templeton from Hearts, who'd obviously, I think the day before, scored against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it gave Stephen Quitaker a couple of doings in the season before. And a young Australian right-back called Ryan McGowan. I remember at the time thinking, if Rangers can get this, this could be really interesting because, again, yes, you're spending a bit of money for a third division, but you've also you've also got to look at the fact that you're building something. You're, you're not only competing, you're trying to compete because Rangers' wage bill would still have been pretty decent for the... It would have probably dwarfed a lot of clubs. Mm-hmm. You're still trying to compete for cups, so I think this made sense. McGowan fell through. I think he turned it down, but Templeton signed. I was really excited. I was quite disappointed in McGowan, actually, because I quite like McGowan. Mm-hmm. But Templeton, I was quite excited. I was thinking, right, David Templeton had obviously done well. Again, I think he's a bit, he's really unlucky with injuries in his time. I think Warburton tried to get him get uh-huh. out of him as well. But what do you remember about they two? I, I remember David Templeton vividly for that uh, Liverpool goal as well. I think it was the day before. Um, I remember that back in the walking back to the the bus we were playing maybe that day as well. We were playing uh, that night. We were playing, I think, against... I think that was a Queen of the South game that went out in the Ramsons Cup, I think. Because uh, I, I remember seeing that go on one of the TVs on the one of the buses, uh, the snack vans or something, walking mm-hmm. by, I seen he scored. And then I just <laughs> I think that was one that made sense, even if we were in the Premier League, to be honest with you. He was always quite a good player, David Templeton, as you say, really unlucky with injuries. Um, decent winger back then. Um, and what was it, nine hundred k or something? We ended up paying for him. It was aye. paid a, a bit of a fee, but I uh, one that definitely made sense for the outlook of cups and competing with with Celtic, who are obviously going to be a little better than you at that point. So, aye, exciting, I would say. Yeah, squads in place. Rangers are going to compete in the third division, and it's a slow start to say the least. That game against Peterhead was weird. I mean. A last-minute Andy Little equaliser rescues a two-all draw, but seven games I'm going to go through here, and I think that shows you where 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 Rangers are at at the time. Mm-hmm. The first seven league games, I'm just going to read them as follows, and then you can just tell me what you think. Two-two uh-huh. away to Peterhead, five-one at home, one to St John, uh, St Johnson, East Stirling, one-one away to Berwick, five-one at home to Elgin. Now, now against Annan away, a 4-1 home win over Montrose and a 1-0 defeat in the seventh game, the fourth away game of the season to Stirling Albion, who, as I said earlier on in the show, the manager was getting married that day. So the manager had booked his wedding on that day <laughs> and seven games into a league season, even in the SPL, mm-hmm. if you've not won in any of your four away games, that's not a good start. No, but, but there was also this thing as well. It didn't matter. It just didn't matter. You knew Rangers were going to win the league. You just knew it by how many. But seven games in, you are losing away to Stirling and Albion. I mean, no, slow. It just never. It was just weird. No, just like because you just associate Rangers always with winning. So it was strange to go down to these teams, and it seemed like a formality. Rangers were just going to turn them over. But these were cup finals for these teams. Now these were. Um, it's still in Albion, you say, just going to be playing out their skin to try and get anything off a depleted Rangers team who, as you say, they know they're going to go and win the league, so they may as well go out there and try and make some attempt at stopping them. So, 
Uh, similar in, in the way to maybe at the moment with Rangers form as well really good at home and then just can't really do it in away from home <laughs> and it's uh, it's weird how that always seems to work with Rangers um, but I remember watching the, the Peterhead game on telly being 2-1 down and then I, I scrapping the goal sort of mouth it was with Andy Little um, and I just uh, as you say knew we were going to win the league and, and it was all about just getting up but uh, it doesn't make for good viewing no, and the league the league form picks up, and again you just you're weird. You you look at this going all right. Rangers win the next nine games in the league, and then draw it home to Elgin and things like that. But it was just that thing of, oh well, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was just. But one thing Rangers did start well in was the League Cup. Rangers obviously entered in the League Cup a little bit earlier. A really good start, a four 0 home one against East Fife, and then a three 0 home one against Falkirk. A victory over Motherwell in the third round. I remember that's been very, very a big. This felt like a massive. It felt it kind of felt like a European game would feel now in a weird way. Mm-hmm. This was the first kind of big test against Premier League opposition. This was your. This is where you would get tested. This was the what this team was like. How they would fare against the kind of bigger opposition, and there was also that grudge as well that we spoke about last week where. These clubs had voted Rangers out. These Rangers were Rangers fans had a lot of anger towards these clubs, mm-hmm. and they wanted to see them on the park, putting them out. And it was a two 0 victory, and I, I've got to say, it felt unbelievable. And it was this, I remember the atmosphere that day was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It felt like a it felt like a real European night. Nah, as you say, similar to what we would maybe experience now, Ibrox with Europe. Um, yeah. For all the kind of reasons, it was like playing one of the big guns, first opportunity to do that with a new look team. And as you say, there was that incentive after they voted you out the uh, out the league that was more incentive to go and beat them. And I probably the best football Rangers had played up until that point. If I really remember, it was a really uh, comprehensive victory, two nothing uh, on the night, and I just a good buzz about the the the, the club after uh, that game. If I remember rightly, to be honest with you, yeah. um, I to to go through in the cup and beat Motherwell, I it was it was big. Rangers go the Ramsons Cup, the Queen of the South, and penalties. That was that was a weird night. But Rangers then have a chance against Inverness in the quarterfinal of the League Cup to to really kind of go. I mean, it's a first season. You've potentially got a trip to Hamden upcoming, but Inverness just I think exposed mm-hmm. Rangers' weaknesses. I think I remember Terry Butcher that night, but as if he had something to prove, and it just felt a we- It was a weird way that he was kind of yeah. reveling in it. I don't. I think that's maybe unfair, but. Mm-hmm. It just felt one of those nights where Inverness came and kind of exposed a lot of Rangers' weaknesses. And I think no. a, a fairly average team beat a fairly average team. No, they, they sort of played through their, uh, yeah. their skin that night. If I remember rightly, was it the Shinnies that scored that day as well? I think both scored. I know Graham scored. I can't remember if Andy scored, but Graham um, definitely scored. Uh, so they, they scored. And I just always remember that game associated with Halloween. Uh, yeah. Sort of haunted in, in Halloween uh, by that game. So uh, maybe a step too far. Inverness were a lot better on the night, if I remember. Right? So uh, it, you, you look at that and like, you beat Motherwell possible trip to Hamden. I don't know how many Rangers fans at that time thought Hamden was sort yeah. of on the horizon so soon. So Hamden was there just the Queen's Park game. Yeah, <laughs> just with that with that of course. But uh I put poor night in the office that one. Aye, just a bad night and again we'll talk about another cup defeat later on. But round about this time I know we're gonna keep the board boardroom stuff to a minimum, but things have kind of calmed down and 
the Chucksters get his sales pitch for his his IPO, shall we say, where he's gonna get the fans to empty their pockets and help the club. And mm-hmm. and that's not what's gonna happen. But <laughs> the everything just felt a bit calmer. I think it was more although the football wasn't exciting, it felt as if right, Rangers are it's steady again. And mm-hmm. do you remember that at the time, just like right, okay, everything's kind of calmed down. There was no off-field stuff going on. It just felt okay. It just felt like right, that's that settled. I remember the. Do you remember the hundred forty-year anniversary? Uh, Stolen. Stolen. Uh-huh. And that just felt that felt like kind of right. We're okay. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Aye, because a lot of people. Um, obviously, I was a lot younger back then, so mm-hmm. it was mostly just the football and the pitch I was worried about, but. In terms of as well, like all the the stuff you would hear uh, going on in the news and all that was always bad stuff. I think maybe as you say to get that maybe relief for being out of the the limelight for a while. Um, I felt felt well. I really can't can't grasp what I thought back then because I was so young. But um, I as you say, just um, good to be out of the limelight a wee bit. Felt a lot better. I remember that. Uh, 140th anniversary against Stirling as well. Um, I remember having the program for that game actually. Yeah, but... I remember all the legends coming out in the park at half time, and you're just like, right, yeah, everything's fine. But I mean, that was it. Everything was fine. It was just there was, uh we've got football on Saturday. Rangers are at home to Elgin or home to mm-hmm. Berwick, and obviously, it's weird saying that now because you're. I mean, I go to so many lower league grounds now, and you're like, it's such, you're so welcomed. And at the time, you were just like, what are we doing here? Why, yeah, why right. are we here? It felt as if we're just, but it was at the time you're just thinking, this is, that. there's a reason why you enjoy this. It's because you're going to Rangers one weekend, next weekend, if Rangers aren't on, you're going to your local ground. And that's mm-hmm. where, it, and it was just like seeing Rangers was weird. And I, it was just, yeah. But one thing that did, did happen during this time was although I'm going to go on a wee bit of a rant later on, I'm just going to warn people about the, <laughs> the way McCoy, the way Ali Hale kind of helped younger players develop there was a few players coming through like Sir Lewis McLeod, Barry Mackay Robbie Crawford, Fraser Ayr, there was a few coming through you thought right get them nurtured, a couple of years in the lower leagues toughen up and they'll be really good assets going forward, do you remember at the time feeling that they, they were kind of prospects mm-hmm. for the future? Aye, I thought Lewis McLeod definitely was one that stood out. He sort of became quite a fan's favourite straight away. Mm-hmm. Fraser Aird, again, similar to Lewis McLeod in a way. Robbie, McCroff- Robbie Crawford, sorry, maybe didn't get the credit that the two of them got. And then Barry McKay, I mean, this first goal at Peterhead kind of was in yeah. the in the fans' eyes as somebody who could possibly go on and be a good player. And he's, he's come on to Hearts now this season all that time later after going to Swansea and stuff like that, and he's really established himself as a decent winger. So I think there was maybe a, a good bit to be excited about, about the youth you said as well with the, the signings we made. Why not integrate them as part of the first-team squad and maybe we would have seen more development for them straight away. But um, I, I, all the players, I think, done their due, to be honest with you, in, in this time. Yeah. The infamous phone call with Francisco Sandaza was kind of the first bit of a symbolic situation. What the story I've heard is is that a, a Celtic fan pretended to be a taxi driver, phoned Francisco Sandaza, pretended to be an agent offering him a, a contract in America. Rangers just, I don't I think they had much of a choice here. I mean, it was a bit unfortunate. I think the guy had been duped, but just mm-hmm. it was just like, this is where Rangers are at. This is, 
Yeah. Like, there's almost this kind of comedic thing to it, which it very much wasn't a comedy at the time. You felt what on earth is going on here, but mm-hmm. just at the time, this was like you're bringing this player in and you're thinking he's going to do okay, and it just that's the reason it goes. Kevin Kyle just was always injured, and again, just bad investment. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad, bad situation. Overall. Yeah, yeah, I remember listening to that on the radio and and Clyde won um when they were talking about that when it sort of broke and then looking at it, I think I found it on YouTube or, or somewhere and that ended up listening and I'm like I wanted Sandaza to do well for us. I thought at the time it was quite a good signing, especially watching him in the leagues and that when I was a wee guy and uh, just the way it turned out was just daft. It kind of everything that had happened previously kind of I culminated to this point and and we ended up I that was unfortunate for him but I sort of had to have him done it. Aye, I mean it was just a bad situation. But Rangers then go on in the second of February twenty thirteen to go to Tanadice to play Dundee United. Now I remember being really up for this game because I had held Dundee United in serious contempt at the time. Mm-hmm. Not Dundee United the club, I felt their their owner who we've spoken about before, I just don't have any time for. I think he's a I think he's a really poisonous individual in terms of the way he conducted himself throughout this time. But Rangers, obviously, the ticket fiasco. Remember the ticket fiasco? I think Rangers only got 200 tickets that they had to buy from Dundee United. They were just everything they could do, everything they could do to make it difficult for Rangers fans. He did. Aye. And he's Dundee United. I don't have an issue with the, with a club, but Stephen Thompson. Yeah, I think he's a bad. I think he was bad for Scottish football, but. I remember that day just being an absolute disaster. No, the day right at the time, decent side. Johnny Russell's in there. John Daly, who'd obviously go to Rangers later on, but just at this time, you the day night just absolutely battered Rangers. I remember later on, remember Cal Naismith and Black getting sent off, and it was just out of pure frustration. And you're just like, this Rangers team's so far behind. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. The United, and you're just especially. To compete with Dundee United, as you say, yeah, I far behind what, what we need to be and losing the goal in what was at the first minute as well. I, just... Johnny, I think Johnny Russell scores like from like 12 seconds or something. I don't think it's as short as that, but it's no far away. 13 Aye. seconds, I beg your pardon, yeah. Aye, so it just, it's just, like, how can you start a game any worse? And especially with all the, the Dundee United fans that will be up for it, they're, they're dying to they go and battle Rangers and then they did that day and... That was humiliating, I thought, as well as you say with the Dundee United owner. It wasn't really hatred towards the club, it was towards him and what he was doing and his tactics to sort of disrupt us and, and violate us, if you say, as a club and, and the fans. So, I really humiliating day. Ended up, what was it, 3 0, two red cards? I really, really, sure really. Poor. And it could, have been, it could have been more. And I just remember that day, just like you're just that was your only kind of bit of excitement as right Rangers may be able to do something in the cups and. Nothing, just nothing in that Dundee United game. I remember in particular Ross Ross Perry and Kabari having an absolute stinker. I think that's what leads to the first goal, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And you're just like this is you're watching Rangers going up against a a decent side. I would probably say maybe the second best team in the country at that point. I don't think they finished second that season, but they were they were a decent uh, side, and you see a, a lot of the players went on to do pretty well. But it was just that thing of like like that's the excitement over. And mm-hmm. as I say, Rangers going and win the league pretty comfortably. There's, I mean, home defeat to Annan. I remember specifically been very bad. I remember that day just like 
that is that's where Rangers are at now. You're two 0 down to Annan. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. That's where Rangers are. I remember going back to the bus that day thinking, what What are we doing? No, like you're just wasting your. It wasn't enjoyable anymore, and that's the thing. Football's you're meant to go to football and enjoy it, and it just wasn't enjoyable. It was, it was just as I say, I keep saying it weird. It just didn't feel like Rangers. No, yeah, I think a lot of the fans that I went to the football way in the buses in that time kind of were maybe not, not excited in a way, but sort of up for it a wee bit going down the leagues and uh, everything had obviously because it was happening now, you had to be there and enjoy it, but. I think the two one defeat at Annan at home, as you say, just kind of set you back and set you to reality. Being like this is kind of like what we are watching. Like this is the level we're at. Maybe thinking about the days previous, um, old firm wins and league titles and and playing European football was so far away at that point. Um, I outplayed and outfought as as the two words I've wrote down here to describe that one. Yeah, I mean, I think you've nailed it pretty spot on there. And as we say, Rangers win the league. They're up to the League One the SPL and SFL merge into the SPFL, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And this was the first kind of time, if you remember, the transfer embargo was in place. We haven't even mentioned that. Rangers got a transfer embargo for a year that was to end on the 31st of August. So they would go on and sign players that we'll touch on in a wee second. But one thing I want to, I will touch in this wee boardroom situation. Charles Green had obviously left in a bit of, bit of cloud after it had emerged. Obviously there was possibilities that he was involved with Craig White. That's something we'll dip into next week. Mm. But at the time, I remember just, do you remember Green saying on the, he came back as a consultant and he says, McCoy's would have to win a cup to save his job. Remember Aye. that? Aye, I remember that vaguely, yeah. That was the first time you were thinking, well, the first time I remember thinking, wait a minute, what's, because McCoy's, We'll touch on McCoy's obviously mm-hmm. managerial run and what he, why I think he's never been back into management. But I mean, I don't think a manager in British football has been dealt a tougher hand than his first job. Like to, and to be fair, to be fair to him, he didn't get it. It didn't. It wasn't fair on him the the situation he was handed. But he was, he was trying his best. I think mm-hmm. you could see early on he wasn't brilliant. It, Lot of tactical aspect. He wasn't. Yeah. It was very simple. It was, but he still wanted. He, he, he still treated it. Although Rangers were playing kind of part-time opposition and should be coasting by every team in that league, he was treating it as he was still the Rangers. He was. It was a Rangers manager. He was a Rangers manager, and he's seen Rangers managers and Rangers managers do things. You mean we go to hotels the night before, mm-hmm. and it was just. And was coming out saying we need to show like no disrespect to these teams, but yeah, we need to show Anne and respect. We need to show Sterling and Berwick respect. And you're like, Ali, you, Ali, mm-hmm. you should be bat. You, you should be out there no. battling these teams. And no, dis- as I say, I don't. Yeah, you, you feel bad saying it, but it was just that time you were like, Ali, this isn't this isn't the way you should be doing it. No, because you say like maybe a traditional Ranger sense is maybe shown saying that in interviews or whatever but aye, as you say it is maybe harsh to say to a lot of fans that will maybe hear it but Rangers should be going out there and beating all of these teams convincingly um, aye, and as you say we are McCoyst dealt a really tough hand came in at a really tough time to be Rangers manager and I'm just happy he sort of was there to be honest with you there was somebody was yeah. there and it was him yeah um, and I think that's what makes you kind of respect 
re- not respect him more because he's a wonderful, wonderful human being, but you also need you like he was he was the only person well him and Sandy Jarden and mm-hmm. I think Sandy Jarden's again somebody who's who should be heralded and he is heralded but he should be it's particularly for this time as well just how how vocal no, he was about what was going on and just being the face of the club and but McCoy he was so I mean it was just a bad situation remember obviously the interview with Jim Trainer there's so much you could get into here and mm-hmm. I just I, I felt at the time I was like, "What's McCoy? What's he doing here? What's like?" You would hear the stories about the the players, some the what they were getting up to and things like that. What was what training was like? It was basically just a carnival, and that's what <laughs> it was like. And you're thinking, although you want to be Rangers and you want to be, you want to do things so delicately, you want to be traditional and things like that. But yeah, you also need to realise that this is the this is the third tier of Scottish football you're in. And, you should be coasting through it and you should be you shouldn't have to be doing what they're doing and mm-hmm. going into that summer the boardroom situation finally becomes a bit of a shambles and we'll I mean we could we could talk about that for days but we're not we're going to focus on stuff off the field and we'll go through the signings that happened this summer as well Cami Bell from Kilmarnock was the first one I thought uh-huh. at the time this was like right Neil Alexander's away Makes a lot of sense. Really good player. Really good goalkeeper. I thought probably one of the best goalkeepers in Scotland at the time. Yep, I'm happy with that. I, me too. I agree with that. I thought Cammy Bell always was a decent enough goalkeeper, especially for the level again. That we're at. I, I thought I made a lot of sense. I like that saying. Yeah. Next one, Nicky Law, 25 from Motherwell. Again, really, really good SPL player, but it was it was a very creative player. I think what Rangers had missed that summer was, missed the season before was a bit of creativity in midfield you would see Lewis McLeod going out left occasionally and occasionally mm-hmm. midfields of Ian Black and Kyle Hutton I mean the word creativity and Ian Black and Kyle Hutton certainly does not mix does it <laughs> no way aye. But, like that I was really I was thinking yeah that's a good sign aye Nicky Law again same sort of bill as Cammy Bell good player comes in fills, a, fills an area we need at that point and aye I think aye good signing aye, to be honest with you aye, I like that one John Daly from the United. Again, decent SPL player. Should be tearing it up in the pre- uh, the first division. And to be fair to him, he absolutely did because he scored a barrel load. But the problem was, Rangers were running into the ground. Mm-hmm. Nah, I remember uh, John Daly. Uh, I think it was maybe a, a weighty Airdrie or something. He scored the hat-trick. Uh, did he end up a top goal scorer that uh, summer did, as well? Yeah, I think day? he scored a barrel load in that season. I th- he must have. I think he had uh, 25 goals. Uh, always a traditionally good goal scorer for that Really time. good target, man. Like, really good. Mm-hmm. I would say a really good striker, actually. Someday, yeah, I was happy with that as well. Next one. This was really... I really liked this signing. Nicky Clark, 22, from Queen of the South, had scored, I think, 40 goals the season before in League One, where Rangers would obviously be going into. Obviously, had had the history of his dad, obviously being at Rangers, and you're just mm-hmm. like, 22, similar to the kind of, I was at the time very much thinking, right, Rangers need to be bringing players in to develop them, and the best young players in the market, go and get them, develop them. Nicky Clark fit that bill for me, and I thought, right, this will be a good signing, but I think it's very interesting. We look at Nicky Clark and he's he's had a really good career. Mm-hmm. But he's never been anywhere near that goal tally again. Now, either he had a freak season 
where he scored all these goals or the bad. And I think as well, and the kind of thing of can you get to that level again? But I think also, as we see with a lot of fans who become players, the pressure they put on themselves is almost as big as the supporters put on them. No, no, definitely. And as you say with Nicky Clark, that's probably one that might have done that. It was with the story with his dad um, being so good the season before. Yeah. Um, and I again, all of these signings we've talked about so far have made sense uh, in the way that he scored the goals in the league. Uh, he's young. He's obviously got that history as well. Like, definitely makes a lot of sense. Uh, and a signing that's welcomed at that point because we're not just signing players that are maybe in their prime or just going into their prime. Like we're seeing a young player that are possibly going to be good for the future. So I another another yes. Aye. Yeah. Arnold Peralta from Honduras, 24 years old. Now I seem to remember this being a trial kind of thing, which Rangers did a lot back then. You remember mm. I think Craig Beatty was in trial. I think there was a lot of players just appearing just for a week just to aye. and Arnold Peralta. Yeah, I mean it looked it looked decent. It wasn't world class I don't think he was ever going to be but it, I mean for the job he did and obviously with, like, you, you, also, you also like remember what happened to him after that and mm-hmm. how sad it is but at the time you're thinking that's a decent signing that's no. yeah, yeah I can see that's been alright aye another one again like sort of left field with the, maybe the ones for the previous season like Argirio and whatever like just a, a random signing coming in and I remember him against was it Newcastle in a friendly I think he played really, really well in that game. Um, I think it must have been the start of that season. And um, I always sort of liked him growing up. Um, to be honest, through that season, it was hard to like anybody yeah. in terms of star players. But uh, aye, he was decent for the, aye, the job he did. The next one, the next two, actually, we'll, we'll, bunch, we'll bunch these together because this is where my rant's going to kick in. Stephen Smith, 28, from Portland Timbers, obviously been at Rangers before. And Richard Forster from Bristol City had also been at Rangers before. Now, Jack, I'm going to put it to you that you can't possibly tell me there aren't two players. And Stephen Smith, I feel a bit better than Richard Forster because I think Stephen Smith was a better player than Richard Forster, shall we say. But you can't tell me there's two players in the SPL or kicking about the championship that are 22 that could you could develop for far less money and wages than Stephen Smith and Richard Foster would have cost. Aye, definitely. Especially Richard Foster was just... I remember the first time he signed as well. Um, it was that, like the, the Champions League season with Man United and that. Yeah. Like, just a the, really... The infamous, ra- the infamous Messi game against Valencia. Aye, like just a really random signing. And then it wasn't really that well received then. And then no. taken back, uh, just, uh, just a really disastrous signing. Stephen Smith, again, similar as you say, look... You're looking at the the signing previous Nicky Clark, somebody for a league that you're going to be playing in. Why can't you go and poach somebody for for there or there there above? Like we're signing David Templeton the season before, and surely we could get something better than that. I agree. I mean, I that was. I mean, at the time you look at the you look at the kind of players kicking about and the youth team. Even Craig Halkett's in there. He's always only eighteen, but he's went mm-hmm. on to have a decent career. Darren Cole, Darren Cole with a bit of kind of off-field stuff, but Kyle McCausland had went, oh, he's done really well in the juniors, like, I'm not saying Kyle McCausland, but maybe I went on and done that well, but mm-hmm. how, these aren't these two players aren't coming for, for cheap money, these are coming for decent salaries at the time, I would say. Yeah. 
it just it was weird. It was just a bad bad situation for me. Bilal Moshney, remember him? <laughs> yeah, I just always greeted with a laugh. Bilal Moshney, a really just a strange guy. Um, he scored barrels of gold, I think, that season he as well. Twelve goals that season. I mean, Aye, and just... then when, and I mean, he was okay. He was again, no, he's coming for South End. He's it's money. He's he's probably in good money. Mm-hmm. Do we need him? No, just you look at that time, like as you say, we, was that Craig Calcutt? You said they're 18 years old, yeah. I mean, that's Came the first thing like... that jumps out to me. Callum Gallagher's there as well, obviously. Andy Little would left, and just yeah, it just really, really weird. The, the signing of the bully and watching it because he, he was, as you say, more of an attacker than a defender, to be honest with you, especially against Lee Irwin. He was more of an attacker anyway, but yeah. uh, I strange. Really strange. The final signing of this season is definitely a me going on a rant because you can't tell me that a 34-year-old goalkeeper in Steve Simonson is is going to solve an injury crisis when you've got... I mean, some of the goalkeepers have got Scott Gallagher's there. Scott Gallagher was a decent goalkeeper. He wasn't... He went on to do all right. He's, he's went on to do all right so far. He's, he's been at St Marin. He's been at Dumbarton. He's been okay. I mean, he's still... I think he's 33 and he's playing for his fife. I mean, he's he's doing okay in the lower leagues now, mm-hmm. 10 years later. Why wasn't he? And this was, did McCoy's just have it in his head that you need experience, you need you need Andy Dibbles, you need mm-hmm. Fraser Wishart's. That's, that's what I'm saying about the, is experience more important than development? Because it certainly looks that way to me that that was his thought. And I don't understand why Steve Simonson was the answer to his problems when he'd probably two or three goalkeepers in the reserve team who were probably just as effective. Nah, Steve Simonson is just... And he does think, it later on with Lee Robinson as well. Uh, just one of the worst goalkeepers I think I've ever seen put on a Rangers jersey. So, so bad. And yeah, you just, you've got to ask that question. Like, what was going on with the recruitment at that time? It definitely looked like they were just trying to get as many players in that had the experience to... They go and sail by and not sort of rely on youth, which I, 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 Steve Simonson probably on a decent amount of money yeah, again. Yeah, and but... I'm not, I'm not saying as well that you you can't have experience in the team because I think, but you've Wallace has stayed, McCulloch stayed. Do you know what I mean? That's enough. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, Lee Wallace and Lee McCulloch should always be Rangers legends to me, and they rightfully should. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't tell me that. I mean, you you'll agree because you've agreed with what I've said earlier about the. Right, let's build the reserve team. Let's no, these guys are getting a chance to play in front of fifty thousand every week. This is their learning point. They're not going to have a better learning curve than this to really develop, play against tough opposition. Not the best players, but certainly hard guys and part times who's who are going there as you say, treating it like a cup final. This is your test to really kind of shape up not as not just as a player, but as a kind of mentally as well because. You know as well as I do that that's it's massive playing at Ibrox as a Rangers player. And that's you're not dealing with as much pressure. And why why it wasn't a case of McCoy's going, right, we're gonna build a team around young guys. I've got these two really experienced guys to bring in. You can bring in a couple of players like Sakami Bell, Nicky Law, John Daly, you can bring them in for a year or two and but then these players will have developed and then you can go and you've got a better I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm talking about saving money. The money would have just went where it yeah, went. Yeah. But it was just it's it was it was just weird. 
I keep no. saying weird. I will just call this podcast the weird podcast. But <laughs> do you know? I agree. It was just like I, I just really, really weird again. Yeah, that word. But um, I, I, I never really agreed with a lot of the signings. Just more again, quant, quality, quantity over quality again. Uh, if you look at it that way, no problem having a few experienced heads in there at all with any team, but. I just really think we went round about it the wrong way, especially if it was at League One. Like, yeah, uh, just uh, I, I don't agree with it, man. To be fair, though, I mean Rangers finished that season unbeaten in the league. They won the league very easily, and we'll touch on the cup results as well. There's not a lot really to touch about the league. It was it was relatively simple. It was unbeaten. There's no real disasters in there. It was mm-hmm. a pretty standard season from a Rangers perspective. There was a lot of five nils and six nils, so. Eight now as well against Stenhouse Muir. Remember that? It was a bit more. Mm-hmm. I know, like, so like Daly and Law and even Moshney to a degree. They bought a bit, they brought a wee bit of kind of excitement back. It was right, we're going to, we're going to go out and bath teams in the territory. Yeah, but I want to get through the cup results. Let's start with the the worst one, the the League Cup with defeat to four, uh, Forfa. I mean, we'll talk about the final later on that season, but this to me is worse. Aye. A two one away defeat to Falkirk in the third round the first round of the League Cup. August is August the third and you're out of the League Cup away to Forfa. I mean wow. What a what a day that was. I remember this like vividly. I remember Fraser Aird Fraser Aird equalised with six minutes to go and you're thinking, right, Rangers will go and either nick it later, get the extra time, Forfa will be out on their feet, Rangers will just be better fitness wise and Forfer were better fitness-wise and Forfer won the game where Gavin Swanky scored a double, I think, if I mm-hmm. remember. And, like, what on earth? What on earth do you remember about this? It's just uh, not much, to be honest with you. Uh, to, uh, just, again, sort of humiliation, embarrassment, especially with how well the league season went as well to get put out of the League Cup with Forfer because, realistically, like, the league was going to handle itself and the Cups were, like, right, we need to go and go on and win these and do well and take it put out with Fawthorn. 86-minute equaliser for Fraser Aird had to sort of salvage it and then he get beaten extra time as well. It was just just sort of typical Rangers and Cups at that time. I Very, very embarrassing. I mean, the, the Challenge Cup, I, I would have said this was the... Rangers would have been odds-on for this every season. They should be winning the Challenge Cup every year, in my opinion, and they get to the final. They get to Easter Road. They play Wraith. This is one of the the weirdest days I've ever had following Rangers, and I'll tell you why. Not only is that it's a it's a cup final. You're thinking, right? Okay, that's a chance to win a trophy. Mm-hmm. It's Easter Road. No, it's against Wraith Rovers, and Wraith Rovers won one nil. And I just remember that day going, I can't even beat Wraith in the Ramsden's Cup final. Like. How bad is this getting? And as mm. you say, the league was the league was over. This that even this was that. This was the the only chance of silverware, and it just wow. No, I, I remember I was at this one as well. Yeah, uh, I met Nacho Novo before the game as a wee guy. Also, that was class. But and then <laughs> going on to probably the worst game I think I ever remember. Aye. It was so so bad and. Just to then uh, end, the way it ended, not being able to beat Rafe Rovers and in a cup, we should be winning when you're down there. Uh, no question about it. And I, I think that was a real sort of not a highlight, but a, a top sort of tier embarrassing moment for all this sort of era. Uh, it was really, I uh, really dismal. 
Yeah, really dismal. And it was about to get worse because Rangers played the United Ibrox in the Scottish Cup semi-final. The United again had improved. The likes of Chiffy, Armstrong, Mackay, Stephen had all come in and they'd scored that day as well. And it was just weird because it was an Ibrox member because of the Commonwealth Games, mm-hmm. the semi-final. And you're just like, right, okay, this is the time. This is it. This, I think, I want to say it was against Falkirk. No, was it Falkirk? I think they played in the final. Mm-hmm. I think I might be wrong, but I, no, sorry, I tell a lie. I think it was St. Johnson. I think it was Can't remember at all. Parkhead. But that's a chance. Scottish Cup final, Celtic. I'm pretty sure Celtic went out to St. Johnson. I think I might. I mm-hmm. know somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but Rangers just get torn apart again, torn no. apart by a, a, a decent Dundee United team. But Rangers were Rangers offered nothing, and Dundee United. It, they could have played with their slippers on all day because it was so easy and you just thought this Rangers team are miles behind even though it was a, an unbeaten league season and you just, nah, saw the, you just saw the gulf that was there. Nah, definitely. And I think I looking at both of the teams that faced each other for the season before, I think Dundee United, Chiffy, Armstrong, Mackay, Stephen, that trio at that time was sort of frightening in terms of the Scottish leagues and... Um, I just absolutely ran over the top of Rangers that day. Stephen Smith, I think, pulled back it with a free kick, uh, which was was a decent goal. But I just remember that sea orange behind the goal after um Simmonson. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Chiffy in, and I just remember that being a, a real another real low point. Um, getting beat off Dundee United at home, and just not really putting up any fight, going out with a whimper really, and I just uh, struggle to look at anything positive about that that point at all um, really embarrassing although obviously it was embarrassing absolutely embarrassing but one step away from the from going back to the Premier League that was all it was going to take that championship but that championship the 14-15 the season was the summer was bizarre because the boardroom stuff had really kicked into being a farce and mm-hmm. We could we'll, we'll go into it next week in a lot more detail, but you just remember just how bad it, you couldn't think of it. Football on field situation was the last. And I remember McCoyst, I remember McCoyst at the time just like coming out on shaving. I just remember him thinking he's scunnered with us, and rightfully so. And mm. you could see the writing on the wall, in my opinion, for what was going to come. No, I, I just really I remember this season being just so depressing like just everything about it from start to finish just just so depressing I, I, I didn't renew my season ticket this summer because of because of how bad it was when mm-hmm. c- certain certain things were happening that you were just like yeah I'm done I'm not I'm Aye. not I'm just I'm not done with Rangers I'm, I never would be but at the time I was just like I cannot give money to this no that's bored because it, it just was like frustrating yeah, I'm just like I don't. It's not going to where it usually goes. Like one thing we we spoke about David Murray in the show a lot, and yep, he made a lot of mistakes. But one thing he wasn't doing was he was all. It was always going towards. It was always going in the club. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was. It was certainly spending a lot of money. I mean, uh-huh. it was. I mean, I, I still say I, I don't think that situation happens if it's not for David Murray. But with us boards, you were just like you don't know who was involved. You didn't know. I mean, you remember at the time the the infamous people that were running the club and just how bad they were and just they weren't just that they were bad businessmen, they were bad people. Mm-hmm. And you were just like, I'm not giving this board another penny. And I remember saying to my dad very specifically, I'm like, Dad, I can't do that. I can't 
do this anymore. I can't sit and watch this club being run into the ground by these absolute cowboys. And that's mm-hmm. what they are. And there was, it was just where you were always going to watch. I remember just that time being very digging my heels and going, nah, I'm not going until there's something, something happens, something changes. And I do, did go one game. We'll touch on that later on, but I did go to one game between the season and King coming in. I did mm-hmm. go to one game that I'll, we'll touch on in a second. But Rangers make some more signings again to magnificent strikers back in the day. Kenny Miller and Chris Boyd both came back. Now, at the time, I was thinking, yeah, we'll score goals, we'll one-year deals, get get Rangers back to Premiership, and by that time, there'll be a bit of stability, mm-hmm. and I think they'll be good for a year. And at the time, I was like, yeah, Darren McGregor and Marius Alucas come in as well. I was thinking, yeah, okay, I'm happy with them. All four of them will be decent for a year. Get them in, get winning quickly, because Hearts and Hibs are back in the Hearts and Hibs on the league as well. This wasn't going to be easy. I said at mm-hmm. the time, I said, this is not going to be a stroll, that's what Rangers will need to work for this because even as we know now, we're recording this in 2022, Hearts and Hibs away are never easy to go to, even now. So mm-hmm. at the time I was thinking, right, and this is an average Rangers team, let's just get up, that's all that matters. Do you remember mm-hmm. that at the time? I just, I just say, Chris Boyd, Kenny Miller, obviously going to guarantee a bit, a bit of service, a bit of goals up there. So I, the two of them, think smart. Dan McGregor and Zalou used to sort of hold it back in, in the defence. Um, and the second division was probably better than SPL at that time. Like, yeah. Hearts, Hibs and Rangers all in the same league. Like, when is that ever going to happen in, in a lower tier again? Like, really, really weird season in terms of that. And I just remember the first game against Hearts and it all starting off so bad and it sort of set the tone just for, for yeah, where they come that, on, the, on the field. That Hearts game was very... Random as well. Hearts took the lead through. Do you remember who scored the Hearts goal? With the first nah, it was goal? Danny Wilson, I believe. It was Danny Wilson and Rangers get back into it. A 91st minute equaliser from Nicky Law rescued a point. All right, opening day, right, okay. But a minute later, Hearts went right up the park and scored again. Osmond so well. It was actually a lovely finish, if I remember. Uh-huh. And you were just like, wow, right, nah. okay. That's, as you say, it set the tone for what was to be a dismal season and Later on, Rangers won four games. They draw away to Alawa. I remember Hibs coming to Ibrox in their first trip to Ibrox and being a lot better than Rangers on the day. Shall we say Aye. Jason Cummins, who wasn't a huge fan of, and but even when he came to Rangers, I was like, right, okay, he's all right. He's mm-hmm. okay. he'll do okay. Absolutely tore Rangers to shreds that day. Yeah, I think that was a midweek game as well. Uh... I think it was. I I think it was. I think that was a midweek game and then 3-1 ended up. I just remember being out for again. Like Hibs, Hibs came to, to, to win and then they done that pretty convincingly. I think Lewis Stevenson scored as well. Uh, yeah, I think he's still at Hibs and all. So, yeah. uh, just a, a really just dismal memories against the, obviously the big two that you're going to be facing up against for the, for the season. To, to let them gain points on you was just not the way to do it. Um, and I just again sets the tone for what has to come in this season. It was really just diabolical. Yeah, and there's a diabolical game coming that we're going to talk about. Challenge Cup semi final. Rangers have another chance to win the the Challenge Cup. Get to the semi final against Alwa. Beat Hibs in the first round, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Beat them two one. So you're thinking beat Clyde eight one as well. Remember Boyd scored a hat trick. You're thinking right. This is tight. This is it. We'll get the we'll get Aye. this trophy in the bag. 
2 0 up away to Arlow in the semi final. You're thinking, right, finals ahead, we'll book Easter Road again, let's do it. And Arlow mount a comeback and score three. Arlow three, Rangers two, Rangers are out of the Challenge Cup. If you want to talk about a day where you just felt a gut punch, this is it because you're, you're 2 0 up away to Arlow and you lose it in 90 minutes. And no. Rangers, Rangers went 2 0 up in the 64th minute. Oh my. Nah, just honestly, like how it's still even to this day, you would think, how did that even happen? Like two 0 away to Alwa should be guarantee a victory, especially the minute we scored the goal on, and then just whatever happened, just just collapsed as a team, and just uh, just seemed to do that a lot this season. To be fair, just collapsed and just uh just really again poor. And we'll we'll go on to the. The 18th of December now at the time, if you remember, the 12th of December, sorry, I beg your pardon, when Rangers went to Queen of the South, the Friday, I think it was a Friday night, if I remember rightly, and there was whispers coming out over the, the couple of days before that there was going to be a lot coming out in the AGM. McCoyce was very unhappy, but McCoyce handed in his reg- resignation. He really wasn't happy, and we'll, we'll go into next week as to the actual definitive reasons because I think there's more to this than certainly McCoy's just been fed up. I think there was there was going to be some serious things going on in the AGM but as you said earlier on and I, I think you're bang on actually when you said this, you're like McCoy's was the face of the he was the only guy there who you felt you could trust because obviously Sandy had passed away and mm-hmm. you just knew that as long as McCoy's was, as long as Ali was there you were going to get some sort of honesty, you were going to get some sort of stability no, and he was gone, and he was again. You just looked at him. I remember his interview specifically that night before the game. I think it was Emma Dodds that interviewed him, if I remember. And you just saw this guy, you just saw this man just absolutely scunnered, and that's the best word for it. He was just fed up and he couldn't take it anymore. And I understand him, I completely mm-hmm. sympathize with him because it was just a shambles he was handed. We'll touch on at the end what we thought of his managerial run and I don't think we're going to be I don't think we're going to be kind to certain things of his certain ways of mm-hmm. what he did but you just felt for him that night and you felt for him as well because you knew he just wanted the best he just wanted he wanted to succeed and he just he wasn't going to be allowed to because this shit show had happened behind the scenes Nah I just when when Ali McCoyst is thrown in the towel then you know you know there's really something going on behind the scenes that is seriously seriously wrong and I remember my thoughts uh, and memories of that was uh, I was in high school sitting in maths at the time and I got a text off my mum basically saying what had happened and then to go into like, lunch or whatever and then all your pals are talking about it and just I remember this sense of feeling like you, you just you lost like you're a leader in a way like you just yeah. lost the only guy that was sort of holding everything together in terms of the this the fan engagement and having a guy that you could look at and like trust as you said earlier and I just I, I remember that being just a really sort of dark moment because although a lot of people and we'll talk about it at the end have their thoughts on McCoy as a manager, yeah. like it was I uh, it was it was hard to take actually to be honest with you. But then you maybe look at it nowadays. I've grown up a bit and you, you kind of get why to be honest with you when all the all the stuff you had to go through, all the stuff behind the scenes, and I uh, just that was a really sad state of affairs. And it was that thing as well at the time of like he'd handed in his. I'm I'm sure he was in a rolling contract, which meant he'd handed in his notice, but it wasn't 
he was going to be still the manager until like December the year after. So it was like just this farce of what was actually going on. Like although we love Valley and we do, but you don't want a manager. You, you don't want a manager there. It's not good mm-hmm. for the club. You don't want a manager there who's not going to be there in a year's time. You're what's what's the point? And but it was just this farce of who was running the club. But mm-hmm. he left. On, he was placing Garden and leaving the twenty first. I think it was. I think it was the day before the AGM because I think Rangers played Livingston in the twentieth, and I think the AGM was the twenty first. If I remember, somebody can, can can remind me in the the times, but. Kenny McDill took over as caretaker. Now, if you want to look at a person who is least who is as uninterested in doing <laughs> his job and being in the position he's in, it's Kenny McDowell. And that Hibs game, I remember watching that in a bar in Lanzarote. Mm-hmm. And sitting with a Hibs fan who was absolutely <laughs> milking and reveling in the, the embarrassment, and rightfully so. But I just remember that day just thinking, Kenny McDowell does not want to be there. What no. earth is going on? And we were just, we were at that time, we were just like, this club has just fallen to pieces. And no. every bit of it just sucks. Mm-hmm. No, I, I remember hearing that. I don't know if Kenny McDowell actually said it himself or he, I, he certainly showed it in his body uh, There was a lot of whispers <laughs> about fans and stuff that he didn't want the job. He was sort of placed there as, as yeah, also he's going he to be really a temporary. Uh, he didn't really have a choice. Kind of thrown in and I uh, was given this <laughs> opportunity to try and save things, and uh, just I uh, didn't want the job. And four now ended up to Hibs, just another horror show uh, at Easter Road. And at that point, you have nobody to fall back on in terms of Alan McCoy. Like there is literally nothing there yeah. anymore. It's like what what even is Rangers anymore at that point? It's it's I uh, just dark dark to think about and. Um, I just I think that period was really, really, really strange. I mean, the league was the league. Rangers, the only way they were going to go up was through the playoffs, and mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a bad time. But Rangers did have a a Scottish Cup sem, uh, Scottish League Cup semi final to look forward to. Away to Celtic. I mean, we'll touch in the Wraith game first, actually, because the Wraith game takes place a week after that, and. Do you remember the the Newcastle five? No, oh, I, <laughs> I. <laughs> that that's obviously that whole fiasco is for for next week. But at the time, what an earth! What an earth is the situation? Five players from Newcastle, and I only remember Harris Vukic being any decent, and mm-hmm. I think Kevin and Babu. I think has been on to do really well. I think he's at Wolfsburg or something like. No, I... you're just at that time thinking, what what the hell is going on here? Nah, just Wait. five random sort of. Don't know if they're rejects in a way, but players are just surplus to requirements at Newcastle, getting chucked at you. And I, Harris Fukuch was really the only one I can remember, especially at fourteen, fifteen at the time, looking for somebody to really idolise as a player. Harris Fukuch was kind of at that at that point. He's he done done quite well actually. He was actually uh, quite decent actually. Yeah. Just, um, I remember. I remember. Well. I, I remember, remember saying a bit. I remember them saying that when Warburton came in, they were like, "Yeah, let's try and get him permanently." He mm-hmm. did. Uh, I think he's actually went on again and, and done pretty well. He's played for FC Twenty and Real yeah. Zaragoza, I think. So he's done all right. Um, 
uh, and after leaving Rangers in Remy Street, as I was just going to say, there played about forty five minutes. Uh, the the right yeah. game subbed off injured, never to be saw again. Yeah, Gail Big Romana injured, never played a game for Rangers. And Babu again went on to have a good career. Um, in terms of he's playing, I uh, didn't didn't kick a ball for the Rangers Shane first team. Ferguson was the other one. Ah, uh, Shane Ferguson. He played. I remember him coming on in the the Motherwell game. We could be three one the playoff uh, final. Uh, he came on and he started the the game after that. And that was the only two games I remember him for. Really at the very end of the season, and uh, just just a disaster. Five players and really only one of them made any impact. The League Cup semi final against Celtic now. I love a Rangers-Celtic game. There's nothing that excites me more than a Rangers-Celtic game, but I remember very specifically, I was at a mate's birthday party on the Saturday night and Rangers played Celtic the Sunday, and I was like, right, I can't, can't get steaming, can't get, I need to I need to see this game. I'm so excited, thinking, right, okay, this is where Rangers, because this wasn't a vintage Celtic side, if you remember, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it wasn't a vintage Rangers side, don't get me wrong, but, you felt something. You felt there was maybe a bit of belief there that, right, could be one of those days where you might get something. But I remember very specifically my dad in the Sunday morning, I was like, usually an old form we would both be like, stacked, just mm-hmm. basically for the game to start. And my dad was just like prancing about. And I'm like, what's up? He says, I just can't watch this. I just, no. I'm just tanny. And that was when it hit home to me. Like, I'm like, yeah, he's right. He's right. And I remember watching it up the stairs in my bedroom. And my dad, mm. my dad didn't even have it on down the stairs because he just couldn't. No. And we would go on to see so many doings later on, but but Celtic, but at Celtic's hands. But this game just fell because Rangers just it, it wasn't a Rangers team. It, it was no. just it was a team. It, it was a it was eleven guys just put together, just right, try and just see what happens. Can't find got, a better way to explain it. And McDowell just was. I mean, you were you were as well just you were as well just having a. A, a, a traffic cone in the, the touch because he was <laughs> and I kind of I kind of feel for McDowell because he was put in an impossible position but you still have to go and do something against mm-hmm. Celtic you can't let Celtic run over the top of you and nah, Celtic could have been Celtic, Van Dijk I remember just Van Dyke just absolutely just he, he could have mm-hmm. just played he could have just sat with a sun lounger and just nah. hang passes because that's all he had to do there was just nothing there Aye, I remember I was at this game and I remember just obviously being excited. It was the first old firm game since what year are we on? 20... 2012. Well, we don't know, the first game since it was the first old firm game since 2012. Aye, so there was that surrounding it in terms of obviously big to have the game back. In the remember Rangers back. Power t shirts as well, like the first old firm, like the first old firm in two years. It was something ridiculous. It was oh, like a sports no. direct thing. And Aye. you're just like, nah, this isn't, this isn't what it should be. This should be. Old fact, I mean, battle fever, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's what I was feeling that morning. I was like, right, let's go and get into Celtic. Let's try and let's prove ourselves. Let's show. Yeah. And there was just nothing there. And you were Aye. just like, and it just felt chaotic. And just po- posed nothing, to be honest, in that game. I don't, I don't, I would like to know if we actually even had a shot on target, to be honest with you. Because remembering rightly, I just, we just done absolutely nothing. Um, as you say, Van Dyke and Jason Denier, it was at the back uh, for I Celtic that day. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, just nothing in terms of in terms of us and as you say, Celtic side that had good players in it, but maybe wasn't kind of untested. All, all their competition would have been Aberdeen at that time. Like their formality is to win the league as well. So coming into this game, I just 
stood no chance really, to be honest with you. And although you expected maybe a Rangers team that wasn't really a Rangers team to try and do something, I it was just so far off the mark. The one thing though that was I remember the Hearts game at Ibrooks, the do you remember the game that was snowed off? It was halfway halfway through. I went to this game. Uh, I remember going to this game. I think I took some I it was just one of the days I think we just went to up watching a game of football I think it was I think it was just generally just to get out the mm-hmm. house really well and that day was like horrendous I remember we stayed up we stayed over uh, we stayed after the game for a bit and there was protests oh, aye, outside aye. the ground and it was vicious it was like I remember one of my pals shouting like right we need to get out of here because it's going to descend into chaos and he was right because it looked as if it was vicious towards the board and that was the first time I remember thinking, right, okay, something's something's going to change here because I think there was at the day I think there was they'd put the I think they'd put Ibrox up as security and a loan or something. If I remember, and I was just thinking, right, that King's going to win here. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking that was a wee bit. I was like, right, there's a bit of positivity coming. Like I think that season's a write off, but like, do you remember feeling that at the time? Like it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, think I remember was, going to that game. Um... Against the Hearts, I think they. I remember them hitting the bar or something like that. I think I it ended up down snow, horrendous snow. Aye, I remember just the Hearts were all over us, um, and then obviously it snowed off. And I, I just remember that the scenes after after the game. I wasn't actually there present, but just seeing all that stuff happen, I, it was kind of like enough is enough in a I way. Was, like, do you know what it was like? And I, I don't, I, I hate. Have you when you've seen like a video online of like people gathering around somebody? What a paedophile! That's mm-hmm. what it felt like. That's what it like when I've seen videos like that to get a paedophile out his house. That's what it, it felt vicious. Mm-hmm. It felt like this was a mob gathering to get these yeah. poisonous individuals out, and that's that's what it remained. That's what's always stuck with me. It was like that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And it was. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying these that that's what it was. I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's what it just. Whenever, yeah. whenever you see that, or whenever you see like videos of that, that's what it reminded me of that night. I remember that night being worried about my safety, but I really, I really did. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, if they came out here, there could be like a bay. It could, and something mm-hmm. could, it could be like really bad." But obviously, the board going to be kicked out in the infamous AGM. That was obviously a a bit of a Kenny McDowell left as well. I think he just nice. like I think he was just saved by this whole thing and. Mm-hmm. Stuart McCall was brought in to rescue the season and kind of try and there was still a chance of promotion obviously due to the playoffs but there was this feeling of though that right the bad guys are out the good guys are in Stuart McCall's there Stuart McCall's a good Rangers man he'll know mm-hmm. how to he'll know how to kind of fix fix this to a degree and you remember obviously do you remember how, how you felt when McCall was, was brought in was it like a, right this is a a new start, or was that this is a safe pair of hands just until hopefully we get promotion and move up and we'll see where it goes for there. I remember being feeling quite positive, obviously, because of everything that had happened before, it sort of was like a sense of like, right, there's there's new blood in here. And I remember being quite positive about Stuart McCall for the, the reasons well respected Rangers man uh, come in, steady the ship for a wee while, and then hopefully get us to that promotion and then we can move on and mm-hmm. sort of move on and aspire to bigger things in, in the Premier League. And uh, I, I think a lot of people like that just didn't steady the ship. Um, done all right, to be fair. Stuart McCall, we what he had available, just fell short in the end. 
Aye, I mean, he comes in and immediately kind of gets two big wins against uh, Hibs away and then Hearts at home. And it felt like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. this we're going to push for promotion here. Obviously, going into the playoffs, third against fourth. Queen of the South, they beat them 3-2 in aggregate. I remember Stephen Smith scoring a really good free kick away. But it was all going into this Hibs game in the to get to the final. I think, I think it was it was still going to be 11th plays whoever was obviously that's must have how it worked because mm-hmm. they just played Motherwell but the 2-0 game I went to the 2-0 game against Hibs and I felt like this was this was the roadblock this was like right the 2-0 against the 2-0 against Hibs felt like a really big game and it, it was obviously a big one because we were two, Clark and Miller scored I remember Miller's goal Miller running into the crowd yeah. and the crowd were just wild and it just felt like right this is the push we need one more and then we're up Mm-hmm. Aye, it felt like, it felt like a really big moment actually at Ibrox because that's where I sat at the time, just in the Copeland yeah. front, where that he he jumped into the crowd, and I I remember that being quite pivotal. Uh, obviously, two 0 in terms of beating Hibs at home is is good, and then uh, I think we could beat one 0 uh, in the return leg. It was the, a late goal. Do you remember the second leg? But an absolute doing from Hibs like this. They were battering Rangers. I think they get I come and scored a really late goal. I think to make mm-hmm. it one 0 but. There was a, I think, I, I want to say Cammy Bell was a goalkeeper, but no, he, I think he had one of the best games he, I've, I've remember, no, I remember letting a ranger, like he had an ranger shot, he goes on to the howl on the next one, but no, no, I mean, Rangers were there, one more step against Motherwell, and Motherwell were, I mean, they'd finished setting a couple of seasons before, but you thought, right, McCall will have their number, McCall will know how to beat them, mm-hmm. Rangers were playing okay at the time. See what happens, and it turned in in the 28th of May at Ibrox. It turned into an absolute disaster because Motherwell came to Ibrox and blew Rangers to shreds. No, it's just <laughs> I all with that positivity that it came with the, the Hibs game and, and the sort of results with McCall. And I remember the, the 2 0 Hibs away game actually. We we Lee Wallace, we, we was like saying, yeah. Oh, I'm not signing a contract, and he just kissed the badge uh, and stuff. Something like, that. like, Don't read the papers or something, I think. Like, uh, I, I remember that being sort of a big moment then, and beating Hearts 2 1 at home. Vukic scored a really nice goal, it was, mm-hmm. it was a sunny day, it felt like a big sort of game feel. And then going into the playoffs, and, and there was that positive vibe about it. And then for Motherwell to come and uh, absolutely dismantle Rangers, um, game is done pretty much at, at Ibrox. So yeah, I just really. Real unfortunate and uh, just a, a step too far. And it's weird to say that about Motherwell because, again, we should be going out and beating Motherwell. But at that time, just I think it culminated all of the season, these two legs, and he just, I ever just sort of culminated into these two games, I think. Yeah. And the second leg obviously turned into a, another farce, finished three, I think it was 3 1, 3 0. 3 0, was I? Yeah, 6 1 in aggregate. It ended well, though. It ended in a, a quiet, Rangers team going off the park. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, the aforementioned Bilal Moshni turning into Vladimir Klitschko as he proceeded to punch Lee Irwin directly in the face, I think. Aye, uh, just... And that was kind of the... That was kind of... That's why I kind of wanted to close in this bit because it was kind of... That felt like the end of the farce. Mm-hmm. That whole time just felt like these three years were grim. There, were so, there was so much of a journey just to get yourself motivated to watch them. And this was the this would this would be it. This would be like either would either Rangers would go up or stay down, rebuild again next season, and ultimately that's what happened. But mm-hmm. do you remember that infamous brawl with Moshni? 
I I remember I remember just uh, the Cami Bell punch as well to try yeah, and God, uh, yeah. attempt to save that goal. Um, uh, just uh, I remember being embarrassed to be honest again at, at Fir Park. Motherwell fans going on the pitch after it. I think they were golden the Rangers fans in the corner as well. Yeah. It was just and then I Billy and Washney. I don't know. It's just it's it's an infamous sort of moment that has happened, but uh, it did feel that that page was sort of that book was closed now, and we can actually go and move on because yeah. there was strides of positivity with Stuart McCall, and it was just one one step too far in terms of getting up. But um, I think a lot of people maybe called for McCall to go and get another chance as well when we were looking for a manager. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of like that idea, but. Aye, just kind of, as I said, that, that season, that game, sorry, just summed up Everton yeah, that season. Yeah, and it kind of leads us on to this, this whole kind of looking back at the three years. And I want to kind of, I think the, the last two months of the three years is a bit of a weird thing to look at because I think McCall, I think they were fair to him, he tried his best and he just, again, Motherwell just with a better team and that was it. And I think he, he gave it as good as, sh- I thought he gave it an almighty mm-hmm. good shot because I thought it was over against Hibs. I thought, right, Hibs will just beat Rangers and that would be it. And mm-hmm. he tried his best. But Ali McCoy, his managerial run as a whole, it's, I think there's a reason that you've never saw him go back into it. I think it's stressed. I think it just... We look at Ali McCoy now as a phenomenal player, a phenomenal human being, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful pundit. But Definitely. as a manager, he wasn't. He just wasn't up to it. Nah, he just didn't really make that mark as the manager. Um, I didn't didn't really see him going into management at all. I don't know how long it was after he left Rangers that he was on punditry and stuff like that. But it seemed like he'd found what he he really enjoyed to do, and yeah. he was never really going to come out of that. So. Uh, I McCoy as a manager. I just as we sort of touched on throughout speaking about um the three years, um, done his job to the best of his ability. Really, yeah. uh, literally every sort of thing he could have possibly done at that moment in terms of who was running the club and who was upstairs. Like he tried his best. The fans had somebody uh, that stepped up and was there when we needed it. And although on the pitch, as you say, really really basic football and and training and stuff like that. Basic I, I think football he's... badly. I <laughs> basic football really badly. We had a, a group of players that were really poor as well over the years. Um, I he done he done the job that he had to do. Yeah, and tactically not great, but I and that's the thing. That's what I always kind of say when we we look at McCoy the manager. We think right, it wasn't obviously a, it wasn't a brilliant on field team, but his job was so much more than picking the team and being on a tactics board. He had he was the voice of the club. Like it was. He was doing these press conferences talking about how much money was going out of the club accounts. Who was, I mean, have you heard of uh, Bill Miller? Have you all, heard all that stuff? Like, it was mm-hmm. how are you getting on with the chairman and things like that. The, the famous nonsense interview with him and Jim Trainer, which was, it's still to this day, like the worst thing I've ever seen Rangers Football Club put out. Mm-hmm. Worse than the Charles Green Christmas message. Worse. <laughs> because uh-huh. that was in house media and it was an absolute facade. It was just, Jim Trainer at his best, just an embarrassing situation, but mm-hmm. it wasn't just on field. And that's where I get, I think McCoy deserves so much credit because, and we spoke at the start of it about the five way agreement. He dug his heels into the hill regarding that. He mm-hmm. was magnificent in how he dealt with that because he saved, he saved Rangers from being stripped of those titles. I'm convinced by that because 
if he hadn't dug his heels in, Rangers would have lost those championships that they they deserved because uh-huh. nothing was found to. Do you know what I mean? Like that was yeah. He he stuck up for them because he, him he was part of the side that won them, and mm-hmm. that was why that is why to me McCoy deserves so much credit and. Yeah, it didn't work out as a ma- he didn't work out as a manager. I think it's very telling. He's never been into he's never went anywhere near it, and I don't think he mm-hmm. ever will because I think this. I remember, I, I remember like Barack. I remember Barack Obama. It's a weird comparison, but I'm just <laughs> co-working on it. Barack mm-hmm. Obama was when he went into the when he went into the White House as president. He looked, you know, you remember this. He looked just a young man. He looked mm-hmm. magnificent. But the end of his time, he just he had grey hair. He was just, he just looked. Just, if he'd aged 20 years and I remember hanging out with McCoy and within three I was like you went into that job actually kind of still looking fairly young yeah. and by the end of it he just looked a stress box and I think that was very an accurate summary it was just it took so much out of him it was just mm-hmm. such a such a chore to find the energy it must have been he must have just got up, for, got up in the morning and thought what what the hell am I going to have to deal with today? And I, I think that's mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? I I can understand that. And there's days you get into your own job and you're thinking, what, what am I no, doing? I... But I'm not going into a job where it's been run by absolute charlatans. No, I... he was dealing with, and he was dealing with the worst type of people that could have been there because that's who they were. They were mm-hmm. they didn't care about the club. They just cared about what was going in the pocket and. Yeah, I mean it's just a bad, it's a bad time in Rangers history, and I think it was bad for the fans as well. And you'll agree with me on that. It just mm-hmm. felt it wasn't enjoyable to be a football. To be, the foot, the on-field stuff wasn't important. It didn't feel important because it just felt you were there, just like, yeah, okay, we're here at the football. There's nothing happening. There's no, no big, there's no big game feel. Like even now, like you know what it's like. You're at home to Ross County, and you're at home at St Mirren, and it still feels like a huge huge game and it just didn't at this point nah there was just especially for being young in this period as well a, yeah. a lot of fans would have seen like like probably a lot obviously I grew up with like the the Novos the Yelovichis and all that and then to see them all disappear and have yeah. these Kevin Kyles and all that like yeah. it, was, it was weird uh, in terms of that sense but I admit something always that stuck with me was like on the bus. About, I can't remember what game it was. It must have been beat, or there was a bad result, or something had happened with the board. I just remember a guy saying, like pointing to to me, being like, "Look, look who we had to look up to, and like, what has he got? Like, <laughs> he's got that, absolutely that nothing to look up to." And yeah. ended up just uh, ended up following Liverpool for the majority of that time. Just sort of found an interest in another team and. Aye, at that point, I was just uh, struggling to just get anything out of your Rangers as a, a wee guy. Just, aye. Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk to you for this. It's not been it's not been a it's not been a an eventful period in Rangers history, but it was certainly an enjoyable chat. I thoroughly uh-huh. enjoyed having you on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been great talking about and uh, just reminiscing on some stuff I, as I said, yeah. I forgot about previously, and and looking back at the time um, that was, and obviously we're in a better position now, so yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, and that's what we're we're recording this at the just after the four 0 Celtic Nyax defeats, and you're thinking, yeah, that's mm-hmm. nothing compared to what this team was, and it's nah, true, and know. it's it's. But I, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. We will be back next week. We're going to, we said at the start of the show, we're going to split this into two parts because there's so much going on over this period on the park and off the park. And next week we'll do an episode, a special episode 
looking at what was going on off the park, be prepared, ladies and gentlemen. It isn't pleasant. It's it's going to be sore, but we need to to get to the to get to the exciting parts that are going to come up. We need to get through this bit. But thank you very much to everyone that's tuned in. Thank you to Jack. It's been an f- absolute pleasure. We will see you all soon for the next episode of the Rangers Journey. Mm-hmm.